Once upon a time, a wolf loved a rabbit. A rabbit loved a deer. A wolf also loved a deer, but as a friend, no homo. Welcome to Okashina Podcast Anime with Friends. Wait a second! No, it's not! It's the Cherryton School Report presented by Okashina Podcast Anime with Friends, presented by Sabrina Ray and John Munson. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing the like Michael Buffer thing, like the I think I think it's Michael Buffer even now though. I think he named his son Michael Buffer so that the buffing would just continue through generations. I don't want any buffing to happen. I don't. Buffering. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely what I think of. Um but yeah, that's not what I'm doing. And I did not name my children after me um either accidentally or intentionally. Uh and as a result, they won't be able to follow that path. If you were to have another boy, though, which do you think you might consider Stan? No, I was going to consider Rudolph, which Ying hates, and there's no way that uh, she'd let me name our child that. Oh. I mean, I don't know how I feel about Rudolph. At first, it seemed like something to make fun of you for. I don't know. I guess I've softened on the whole idea that, like, I guess having, like, a basic name isn't all it's cracked up to be. Although Rudolph Giuliani kind of ruined that one, didn't he? Well, Donald Trump ruined that, so what are we going to do there? <laughs> Very few Sabrinas are, are evil. Except for the teenage witches that perform satanic rituals. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that seems bad. Um, speaking of murderers, um, as I guess we weren't. <laughs> Satanic ritualists, murderers, it's all the same. Uh, I see what you're doing with your segues. Well, I was trying to segue, but I I will say that Rudolph has a good pedigree. My my father's middle name is Rudolph, and then his father's name was Rudolph Agaton Munson. So, you know, I thought that was a pretty good thing. And I was like, oh, it'd be great if I could get Rudolph onto like one of my kids' names. Um, But we also wanted to honor their uh, the Asian heritage. So they have Chinese middle names. And so then the only way I'm going to get Rudolph is by naming a child Rudolph. And at this point, the only possibility there would be to adopt. Which, yeah. again, I'm not keen on. And then they might come with a pre-tagged name that you'd have to, like, scribble out to write in Rudolph. Yeah, I don't think it would be a great idea to be like, I am adopting with the intention of renaming the child Rudolph. <laughs> yeah, they might. that might be a deal breaker for them. They might say, like, is that the only reason you're adopting a child? <laughs> like, yep, that's that's it. I need to rename that child Rudolph to keep the whole family thing going. All right. So speaking of killers, uh, we don't start the episode with killers. <laughs> no, we really don't. We started, we started with, with good news. Good news, everyone. The Shishigumi is profitable. Indeed. We have, and we're approaching our all-time highs. Woo! I mean, definitely, the, I wish this show spent more time on the Shishigumi finances. I'd love to know exactly what makes an, uh, a lion gang tick. What's the, you know, what's the major source of revenue? Here in 
the non-B-Star world, if you're talking about gangs, like, well, this gang's based on, you know, no-show jobs, Teamster Union kind of stuff. Um, these guys are into drugs. So really, are we saying, I mean, we do get the, implica- the implication that the Lions are into drugs because they're talking about something like a hyper drug made from elephant tusk. Oh, yeah. So go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Is it, it, can I get high off of elephant tusk? Is that what you're saying to our audience right now that we should all go out and get illegal elephant tusk? Well, I mean, this is really sort of the philosophy that drove a bunch of consumption of rhino horn, right? They were like, Oh, rhino horn is a great aphrodisiac. That's what the Chinese thought. Go slaughter a bunch of rhinos and bring us back their horns. And lo and behold, they did. Um, and then it was a very sexy era. I guess. Um, is that why China was so overpopulated? Um, I'll leave that to the audience to decide. I, I have no opinion on I'm, anything that was just said. I'm pretty sure we are uh, treading dangerous waters. Um, but in any case, I don't know if that's what the implication is. Or, I mean, I let me be clear to our audience uh, ivory is not an aphrodisiac or a hyperdrug, and you should not powder up any uh, ivory and snort it or ingest it in any form. And it will, if you, if you do, it will do nothing for you. <laughs> but the the implication here is there's some sort of drug being made in the Beastars world. The more and, you know. And the Beastars world is, in fact, um, more advanced uh Medically. Medically than our own society is. They can reattach limbs with ease. Apparently it's something they have a lot of experience with. I don't know if they can regrow limbs. Yeah, I mean, it. it's an incredible uh, process because Kibby has recovered use of his hand, man. Like his full finger, like mo- motor motor skills have returned. Good for him. You know, if they're that advanced, why haven't they... Um, figured out the artificial meat thing yet i feel like that would solve a tremendous number of problems or you know um someone posted to the reddit which i found interesting and on point that uh the the show bojack horseman solved this problem with uh chicken farms uh where the chickens run the farm but the meat that they get is they, they genetically alter chickens at the birth stage or at the pre-birth stage in order to make them more delicious and brand them as specifically for consumption. But they provide them with a, a good life until that point. So are they, and I, I have watched quite a bit of BoJack Horseman, but I know I'm not caught up. So I feel like this is a more recent... Uh... I don't remember uh, where it, it fell in the in the Bojack Horseman over, but it was it was a commercial for like I'm calling it Chicken Farms, but I'm not sure that's accurate. But um, so I, I'm intrigued by this idea. So they're they're like, um, well, no one knows chicken like chicken is the is the catchphrase. So are these chickens? Is sort of like a self policing mechanism, like um, Promise Neverland. Yes. <laughs> you put the humans in charge of like herding human, their human young. Yeah. So no spoiler alert! <laughs> spoiler alert for the oh, excellent man. first season of Promise Neverland. Well, I mean, I actually haven't seen it, and I heard that the first scene is great, but I also heard the second season is not great. 
Yeah, we've talked about this before, but it's like, um, for me, the first season is a mystery. It's a, it's a thriller. It's like a, a heist caper kind of thing. Uh, you're constantly wondering how they're going to get out from underneath this this place and what awaits them on the other side. And then season two happens, and it starts out promisingly, but then it never. <laughs> it just doesn't execute. It never. Oh, to be fair, lands. Um... Oh gosh, that was awful. Oh, it I just, know, but I delayed it. Oh my I, God. R.I.P. Norm MacDonald, the king of telling a very long, convoluted story. The, <laughs> and somehow landing the ending. Yes, he was very like, much he was like the guy from Flight who could land a plane upside down, except the plane is a joke. <laughs> and drunk. Landed upside down and possibly drunk. I mean, he's probably better off when he's drunk. Um, but but so uh, rest the, in peace. Just to go off on this little tangent here, with the promised Neverland, I mean, that's true exactly of the anime as well. It's a whole different set and tone related to what happens in, you know, you, there is this total mystery aspect to it. And then there's a, a tremendous shift um, in a way that, you know, they have to try to adapt the anime and it or the, the manga. And it, I don't know that it works there either, to be perfectly honest, but I haven't seen the show to see how they tackle these particular issues. What What's interesting here is that this is actually an Easter egg, which possibly teases some developments from season three. And anyone who reads the manga will know exactly what I'm talking about. But if you don't, just to say that it has to do with uh, elephant tusks. And that's right. all, that's all oh, okay. you need to know. So... I, who am not a consumer of the manga and don't Correct. know what we're talking about, I, I should just file that away for now. Yeah, yeah. Because the reason we're talking about this is is we've got... The, the transition happened that Gohan and... Gohin. Gohin. Uh, not Gohan yeah. from Dragon Ball. Slightly different, slightly different. <laughs> Gohin and um, Legoshi are... Uh, I'm not quite sure policing is the right word, but they are. They're yeah, shutting it's a down. kind of policing. It's a kind of policing, or it's sort of a vigilante uh... related to meat eaters. Yeah, they're they're just they're they're caught they're 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 grabbing them and forcing them into a rehabilitative situation <laughs> uh, against their will, but. Um, to in in an effort, they're 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 kidnapping them in an effort to get them to rehabilitate. Which is it? These episodes that we saw, um, one of Gohin's students come back. Uh, yeah, I guess pupil isn't the right word either. That was the original word I was running with, but <laughs> yeah, one of the cases. Yes, well, student isn't the right word, but sort of. There was something to the point there about how, you know, you have to continue to help people on their journey towards rehabilitation and that these um, these carnivores can be rehabilitated. And my, our readers can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this is a shortened version of an actual, like, semi-important, um, it's not an arc exactly, but it's a, it's like a short story that's told about Gohin and one of his... One of his charges. There you go. Charges. Mm, yeah. One of I his like charges. It. And uh, and it 
it borders on romance in that version. So I don't know if they're still yet to tell that or if this was sort of just like their way of, of getting it out of the way really, really quickly. It's a different animal, that's for sure. So Legoshi gets caught, which I thought, you know... Amateur hour at the Apollo. Yeah, really. He must have been pretty distracted. There was a scene, though, where he he took down both of the... Of the of the uh, assailants and he like sort of narrated what he was going to do in slow motion. And then it suddenly it kicked into fast gear and it is such a guy Ritchie moment. Like, have you ever seen, have you, have you ever seen Sherlock Holmes? Uh, with the, which there's lots of Sherlock. No, Holmes. no. The, to which one are you referring? The fighting Robert Downey Jr. One. Oh, uh, no. Oh, okay. I don't think I have. Robert Downey Jr. is Sherlock Holmes. The two movies they made, I think they're making a third, but who knows at this point? Like, is anyone asking for it? I don't think so, but uh, I enjoyed both films. Uh, I do like Guy Ritchie as a director, but um, there is a scene where he goes into a, a ring to fight a guy that's way bigger than him, and he just sort of like narrates how he's going to take him apart. And it shows all of those moments in sort of a slow motion. And then after he's explained it to you, they show it actually happen and it's, it's over in an instant. And that's sort of what happens here. Um, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but yes, it's it's a very good scene. It establishes that Lagoshi has been, his training has been effective. Um, He's got now a set of skills that we didn't think he necessarily possessed before. Yeah. And he's definitely got strength which we were not, you know, fully, you know, a couple episodes ago, we've been talking about how weak his jaw strength was and how, you know, that was going to be a liability. Strength no longer seems to be a liability here. He's got a combination of both, um, you know, sort of skill uh, and also raw strength that he can draw on. I believe so, yes. Um, So he's kind of graduated again. Now he's graduated from sort of like his his meat lust. And now he's kind of graduated from being able to fight without the power of his jaw, but he's still dumb in other ways. And he gets himself caught and he ends up, he ends up in front of Louis and he didn't apparently know at this point, uh, that Louis was the leader of the lion gang. No, it seems he was in the dark about that. Um, and Louis is similarly surprised to see him because he wasn't, I mean, his gang thinks that this is a, uh, one of the thieves of the tusks. And as far as uh, Louis is aware, well, that that is likely to be true. We know that that is not, although we don't know for certain that Lagoshi isn't doing anything in that particular vein. We don't, because it sounded like Goheen ran away with an elephant tusker. That was what the Shishigumi were reporting. We didn't actually see Goheen uh, stick around. I thought he had somewhere he needed to be, or he was just like, he left. Well, we- when we last saw them, we were in Goheen's house, hut, and he was telling Legoshi, hey, you're you're overextending yourself in your training. You need to get allies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they were not out on a mission. Uh, it's very unclear from from that perspective how, you know, whether or not they captured uh, Legoshi in, in error or by happenstance or whether he right. was part of an operation on this. But it doesn't really matter because the whole point is we've reunited Louis and Legoshi. Oh, and it's so cute. His tail just goes wagging like mad. Just, 
He's yeah. His the thing the show does well is that it creates these situations where completely natural animal functions end up conveying something that is shameful or embarrassing. Right. Um, yes. And and putting it into an and I honestly think this is one of the greatest things about the show is when it it hits on one of these animalistic traits and explains how it would be embarrassing in a particular situation. And it seems so human because the, it's that, that it's the embarrassment that's human. Like animals don't get embarrassed about anything they do. Like a dog will come up and start humping your leg and it <laughs> does not, it's not embarrassed by that at all. No, but you know, the fact that Lagoshi is doing something so simple as his tail is wagging because he's seeing his friend which is a completely normal animal function. Here he's just saying, I can't even control it. This is horrible. They think I'm some sort of pervert. Right, because as we discussed in a previous episode, it, it's like he has a boner suddenly. <laughs> 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 but it's not so, also. It's not that, but it is. It's not, and it is at the same time. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of, you know, like... It's, the relationship between the two of them is so dramatic. <laughs> it is. And they deliberately make, they deliberately place it into uh, the worst possible light so that there's a lot of misunderstanding. Um, and therefore we get a lot of sort of emotional points as, as the two come closer to reconciliation, because I feel at the end of this, they're on they're The seeds have been planted in my mind, for a future denouement where they team up to defeat Tem. They're not going to defeat Tem. <laughs> Sorry. Let me restate that. There's, no, I, up... I want the version where they fight the, the dead <laughs> the dead eaten corpse. The eaten corpse of Tem shall be resurrected, oh. and they, only the power of Lagoshi and Louis can defeat the undead. Yeah. All right, so um, there's been some sort of, you know, we're leading towards a denouement where um, Lagoshi and Louis are going to team up to defeat Riz. Like, that's how I see it all progressing. It makes sense because, I mean, he basically asks for his help at the end there. Yes. He, well, he says, yeah, he says the, the school needs you. Um, you know, they need your herbivore conviction and strength. There's a lot of florid language here, a lot of sort of principle uh, creation and standing. And and just based on the text of what's in this this series of scenes, um, it places Louis in the dark, in the black market, and he speaks to Lagoshi like, Lagoshi, go find your place in the sun and be a hero. And <laughs> Jesus, that's, that's some cheesy dialogue, but it, it works for some reason. You know, this is this comes from the scene where Lagoshi tries to get him to run away with him, which is so also so cute <laughs> because he's like, "Come on, Louis, just just we could run, we could we could run away with from with each other. <laughs> we'll run to Mexico." <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's sort of a weird thing. It's like it's part sort of bro com not comedy, but like. Like um, Frodo and and uh, Samwise. Right. This is and not the part, first time we've mentioned that, but yes, it is like that. It, it, 
that sort of platonic um brotherly linkage uh and and with a little bit of um what was that comedy uh set in vegas with vegas vacation <laughs> no no leaving uh, las vegas <laughs> it was like a bachelor party is that what it was what oh was the it? hangover it was the hangover thank you like a a a dose of the hangover thrown in how so i mean even I if just, i understand that on some like on some visceral level explain it to you our want me audience to explain it. because if you're starting from a basis of the hobbit or of the 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 um the lord of the rings like there is almost no comedy in that at all it's extraordinarily stoic and noble and um epic in its grandeur uh and this is b stars it's a little more comedic it's it's got you know it needs it needs a little saltiness in there a little it needs some awkwardness some teenage angsty emotional i mean we could throw in something else i suppose if you want me to to find something but I, I figured a dose of the hangover was a way to to salt the the pot. No, the I get stew it. that we're coming up with. I get what you're going for now. You know, Louis thinks he's been eating meat in the black market and that he's a hypocrite, and he he lies about who he is, and Louis doesn't know why he's fucking lying at that point, right? Lying, get it? <laughs> Louis doesn't. Louis doesn't know why he's he's lying, why he says he's an okitsune who only eats tofu. And then Lagoshi sees him eat meat, and like you could tell there's a lot of tension as we were referring to. But then in that moment when like Louis's like about to scold him or like ask him what the hell's going on, and, and Lagoshi just runs over and gives him this huge hug and his tail goes crazy. And like all he can, all Louis can smell is the school's body soap, which is also kind of a weird detail to notice. But it, it, the episode started with Lagoshi going to his scent bank to withdraw. <laughs> yeah. Well, the scent bank is also an interesting concept because it's where where this is sort of the white knight version of of it's the bad cave. <laughs> it, it, well, it's it's. The show tries to do lots of things, and here's one where I just feel it's like Lagoshi is, yeah, the white knight, this sort of like heroic figure who's out to save all the herbivores. And I, I, I can't tell if the show is, and I think sometimes it is making fun of him for this, because he, it's he's an adolescent, and he of course is going to have these dreams of grandeur. At the same time, he walks the walk, like he. He does. He did all that where he buried all the remains of the herbivores. Um, oh yeah, and he's you know he's he is a good guy. He's definitely a good guy, but I I feel like the scent bank probably isn't all just like this is Louis's particular scent. It's, there's probably like stinky sock and like you know like four day old blue cheese or four day old cheese or something, you know, like there's, there's gotta be like a, a lot of different scents in there. I feel like it would have been funny if he like reached into the wrong drawer and like pulled out gym sock scent or something. 
or a skunk. It's it's a it's not a visual gag. It's just it's almost played too straight. <laughs> yes, I, it is. It's played extremely straight. And you could say that about a lot of the show, but I guess it kind of works in its favor because when it does get kind of goofy, you know that for the most part it's a serious. It's it takes itself seriously. Um, but Lagoshi gets guns pulled on him. Uh, Louis pretty much giving him an out to get away but instead of like going when he has the chance Lagoshi takes down tons of the shishigumi the the lion gang and then he grabs louis to get one last moment with him which is this is the thing again this was completely unnecessary yes is letting him go yes like call me like call me yeah (laughs) call me later yeah like or He's not even saying, like, you can't say what you need to say. Just go ahead and say it and then leave. Like, don't, you don't need, And but but Lagoshi's like, I can't do that. And then, you know, lashes out, knocks down three of the Shishigumi, takes Louie into a headlock. And then it's, it's like, you're so pure. The school needs you. I found Tem's killer. I must away. And then launches himself off the, uh, off the balcony. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> like, I just think, so- like... It's so dramatic. This is why I'm talking about the hangover. Like, and the hangover is not the right thing. I need something that's equally goofy yet um, sincere. And I'm, 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 I don't know what that would be. Like, I almost think about it like the Princess Bride, except the Princess Bride. Totally, um, maybe. Yeah, I could see. Yeah. That. Like it also, but. It's always in on its jokes, and I don't think Lagoshi is in on the jokes on Lagoshi. No, he's just a victim of his own, like, bullshit. <laughs> yeah, he's he's too wrapped up in his own headspace. <laughs> so, I mean, it's it's kind of a very interesting... It, this is, the to me, the highlight of the whole episode, is is these particular scenes. Uh, I, I was so less... Too. I, I was less impressed. Like, uh, I... Uh, give a shout out to the scene of Tem and uh, Kibi. Uh, no, it's not Tem. Not it's, Tem. it's Kibi I keep saying, and Tao. I'm just going to talk. Thank you, Kibi and Tao. Apparently, you are everybody in this episode. Tem. Everyone who's been in this episode is Tem. Uh, Tem. When Do you remember when Tem, Tem ate headlock. Tem? <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. They found Tem's killer. It's Tem. Oh my god. <laughs> so. Yeah, so that that particular scene in the hospital, I did, I did sort of like that. To me, that's building the world, and that's that's a very good scene. The scenes that I was least, I, I, the other scenes, the ones that build tension between um, Riz and Lagoshi in the theater group, I could have taken them or leave, left them. I agree. I, I want to talk about that scene in the hospital though, because I think it really was touching, because. Tao, the panther that was in the previous episode that ripped Kibby's arm off, he was suspended, and um, and Kibby's fully recovered, and and Kibby uh, insists that I wouldn't say he's fully recovered. He's in the hospital in a cast. He, but go on. He has well. He surprises him. That's the fun. That's the most. That's that's the really cool part of this is that 
um, he asks him to touch his hand or take his hand. And when he does, just before he touches him, because he's feeling nervous, Kibi is the one who grabs him using full motor functions of his fingers. He's not out there throwing pitches. I mean, he's, <laughs> do you remember he's able when to open and close his Tem, hand. Do you remember Tem uh, did a backflip using his hand? Uh, to and, and Tem came and took his hand. And then Tem uh, said that he wanted to, maybe he would visit him in the hospital. And Tem said, Tem broke a lamp because he was like. He was so angry yeah. that Tem was going to consider going. Yeah. And Tem asked, it was basically accusing him of hypocrisy. Yeah. And then Tem said, do you really want to get into this right now? <laughs> this is like the John Malkovich scene in uh, Being John Malkovich, where every single person in his world is a Malkovich. And they all just say Malkovich. the word Malkovich over and over again. And the, and the theme song being, pl- not the theme song, the, the, the song on the soundtrack being played. I guess it's it's in the scene being played by a piano player. Is just Malkovich, Malkovich. Now we're really off track, but I really I thought that scene was very touching when he when he reached out and grabbed him, and then he's like, "You were the one who was really hurting here," and he thanked yeah, him for although, coming to see him. I mean, I know, yes, he was hurting too because his arm was ripped off. <laughs> I, I, it's the kind of thing. I mean, I just like the idea. What's also interesting that we have here, the overlying tension because of this incident, or at least catalyzed by this incident, is the fact that the school is going to segregate carnivores and herbivores um, going forward, which people do not seem happy about. No, and I also think that uh, it, it's, a, it's a case where you, like, the response of the body is far more drastic and serious than the than the students who are able to sort of handle their own emotions and figure out like their own relationships better than all the people trying to tell them how they should be reacting or behaving or how they should be solving this problem of the herbivores and the and the carnivores. Uh, and I feel like that's going to play into just this whole theme that, across the season that herbivores and carnivores can't get along. That, that or or how they can get along you know when one of them is predetermined almost to pred predate the other is predate a word i feel like they use it in the show and i never like hearing it but predation uh, i don't it's not normally used as a verb but they but... use it right like in the japanese version uh it's it's not quite that but when they translate it in English, they always say, like, predation, which, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, um, that's pretty much it for this episode. Uh, we just get the scene that we talked about earlier when we were making fun of of, of saying Tem too much. But uh, it's basically just Pina talking Lagoshi down again. And Riz, um, his, 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 like... Lagoshi is ruining Riz's good time. Yeah, he's harshing his mellow. He's harshing his mellow big time. And this is another case where Lagoshi just cannot cannot abide Riz playing the good bear. So I have a question for you. Okay, which sure. Is, Absolutely. Should we let 
Sleeping Bears Lie. Like, Riz does not generally appear to be a threat to any other herbivores. He doesn't, he's not out trying to chew on anybody. He doesn't, like, we've gotten a little bit of his backstory. You know, he's taking the honey. He's taking the muscle suppressors, um, using the honey. He just, what are we gaining? He, I think it is critical to see that he is fairly unrepentant about his actions. I won't say that entirely, but I think he's sad that Tem is no longer with him, but he also views Tem's sacrifice as sort of the ultimate bonding that two creatures can have. And he, I think he's, he doesn't appear to be bloodthirsty for more. So it's sort of like, well, what are we gaining by confronting Riz? I don't know. And it's a good question. And I feel like we we should keep we should all keep that question in mind as we go into the next episode and, and the next one. Because I feel like we do get some more hints as to why Riz might be more dangerous than he appears to be. Like if you leave Riz alone, will he stick to the straight and narrow? Is this his one like error? Is it okay to accidentally um, get drunk one night, kill a guy, and get away with it, and then never kill another guy? Um, I don't know. When you phrase it like that, <laughs> I mean, I mean, this is basic. This story of this season with with Lagoshi and Riz is is almost like I know what you did last summer. <laughs> Where you know, the, do you ever see that movie where the Gordon's fisherman tries to like remind these kids that they ran over a homeless man in the woods? Like, I did not, but I very much like the the uh, visual image of the Gordon's fisherman <laughs> parading a bunch of kids for killing a homeless guy. Well, yeah, well, he's killing them or he's threatening them with death. I don't remember exactly like how many people died in the movie. Usually it's a lot less than you think in the first one anyway. Um, I'm getting off track again. But I I do think that's interesting. And, and I feel like we get a little bit of that in the next episode. So I will save some of my my response for then. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's almost like a serial killer, you know? Uh, they have to start somewhere and they try to be good. They try to live like a righteous life, but that, that need to that, that whatever, whatever drove them to the initial accident has a tendency to repeat at least in media. Yeah. At least in media. I mean, in real life, I have no idea if that's, that's why killers kill again. Probably they just want to kill again. I don't know. Or like uh, the only reason they go silent in the first place is because they're trying to live their life like and they have bills to pay and they have places to go and they have to go home to their wife and mm-hmm. child or whatever, right? Yeah, uh, he's he's an interesting one. I, 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 I don't You're know. You're a what... mean one, <laughs> Mr. Is. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's terrifying. I, I like him. He's terrifying. Well, he... he, he transforms really yes. in a lot of these cases yes but bears have that quality too so that's kind of also kind of cool about him as a villain is that you're you look at bears 
and you think they're kind of <laughs> cuddly. Like you do, you look at them and they're kind of cute in their way. Like there was a whole documentary about, about a guy <laughs> who, who like thought the bears were his fucking friend. Right. And oh, he, you're right. Didn't he go up to visit Alaska or something? It was a, it was a Werner Herzog documentary called Grizzly Man. Yes. And it was, he went to Alaska and he hung out with grizzly bears and the the tragedy of it is is that they ate him in the end. Yeah, this I think this should be a warner a warning to all of our listeners. Don't do that. Um, uh, yes. <laughs> wild animals will occasionally eat you, um, purely for pleasure or boredom. Who knows why? Yeah, uh, mostly probably hunger. I but. mean, he was getting along with them to some extent, at least in his own mind. Uh, they were tolerating him. Uh, he seemed to be able to handle himself and then it was, he could until he couldn't. Uh, It's a really good movie. Uh, It's, it's, they don't let you listen to him being eaten, even though they have the recording, but they let you listen and watch as the director listens to him being eaten. And that's that's almost too much itself. That's pretty intense. How did they have a recording of that? Was the guy walking around with a, with a microphone on? Uh, I believe they were recording for whatever reason at night and uh, like maybe for night sounds. I don't know. But um, yeah, there is a recording of him and uh, and you can hear the last like, I mean, you can hear it through the headphones kind of, but he probably heard the full like horror of a man dying by bear. <laughs> sorry (laughs) death by bear death by bear yeah anyway that was a long episode thank you guys for listening if you want more of this just reach out to us at uh okashina podcast that's o-k-a-s-h-i-n-a podcast on twitter um you can find out all of our other socials through that or through the show notes and uh you know let us know what you think of the show what you think of Uh, these episodes and uh, we'll be back next week to talk more about curry (laughs) one of my favorite dishes favorite of the bears for certain beast off (laughs) it was off that's what made it funny off off is the end right because you we, we should probably start the episode Hey Raven! What's up, Fantast? Do you like anime? I sure do! Do you have a limited amount of time in your schedule due to demands of capitalism? Unfortunately, yes! Well, I have the show for you. It's called Weebkin Warriors! Oh yeah! It's that podcast where you and I come together every Thursday and talk about anime that are 24 episodes or less. That's right! And you can find us on the Orange Girls Podcast Network or your podcatcher of choice. Have Have a good good weekend. weekend.